Welcome to Southern Fried Fantasy, a podcast for readers and writers, where Southern authors talk about books set in the region they call home. Book lovers beware, your TBR pile is about to get taller than high cotton. All right. Uh, welcome. I'm your host, Bob Magoo of Tales by Bob. And uh, this is Southern Fried Fantasy, where we find authors with a deep connection to the South who write genre fiction set in the South and uh, explore them and their works. Today, I have the pleasure of having D.L. Wainwright on. Uh, D.L., why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what your ties to the South are? Uh, sure thing. So I am, was born and raised in the South. Uh, originally, I am from Central Florida. And while a lot of people don't really think of that as the South, it actually does have a, a, a very deep history of a very Southernness and like uh, cattle ranching and stuff. And that actually one branch of my family um, is from all that is from uh, the the ranchers and the, and the very kind of almost hickish Southerners and stuff. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Like they, they talk like real slow whenever <laughs> they talk like that kind of Southern. And then when I was a kid, I was actually, we moved to a very rural mountain town in North Carolina, uh, kind of right where it touches like Georgia, Tennessee and South Carolina. Um, and okay. that's where I, yeah. And that's where I grew up. Um, very, very, uh, definitely very southern but, <laughs> and but then, that is uh, that is gorgeous country though uh it's it, like it smoky is. mountains yeah it is it is the smoky mountains it's right there right there in appalachia and like that's basically you know we would get tourists that would come in to look at the pretty leaves and stuff um and uh and then i went to college uh in atlanta and so yeah that's that's my ties to the south <laughs> yeah very cool no uh I, i'm from alabama and so oh, okay. uh but south alabama and really, like the the running joke is that like uh, the Panhandle of Florida is just Alabama; it just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> so, uh, so you know that there's there's Southerners in Florida. Oh, then at least. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's and I, I've never really been one of those uh, to just really just like you know, oh, Florida is not the South. You know, it 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 very much is. It's just a different flavor. Yeah, um, and 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 it, and it used to be much more. I feel like the reason why it lost a lot of that is because um, it it did get like a lot of uh, Northerners moving down and yeah. stuff because yeah, like people would come to retire and then their families would come and follow them and stuff. Um, and then yeah. Florida just became a big old, old mix of like- right, right. Well, you know all <laughs> so- the all the Cuban immigrants and whatnot. Oh, yeah. It's really it's really a multicultural melting pot. Um, it is, but that's and, kind and of. That's- yeah, and that's why I felt like kind of actually kind of culture shock moving from where Central Florida was very diverse to like that place in North Carolina was very not. It was- yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, and that's part of why I wanted to do this podcast is because to kind of get rid of the the cliches to a degree of the South. Like the South is very, very varied, you know. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, Central Florida is very different from North Alabama, which is very different from. Appalachia, which is very different from the low country, you know, it's, and so having people to each kind of showcase different aspects of their Southernness uh, is kind of uh, the, the goal here. 
Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, like, cause a lot of people, I think a lot of people who are not from the South don't realize like they kind of lump it all in as like a monolith kind of yeah. thing. And it like, yeah, but it, it is, it is very different. It, like even our barbecue differs. From oh yeah. Oh, that, oh no. I, I once <laughs> attempted to write a book on Alabama barbecue and got yeah. really into barbecue for a long time. And I mean, I, if you'd see my waistline, you'd know that I'm still very into, into barbecue, but uh, no, it is very different. You know, yeah. uh, like here in Alabama, you cannot find good brisket. Uh, and I love oh, really? brisket. Yeah. No, oh, it's so really, sad. Yeah. It's really hard to like, you can find brisket, but like really good top-notch brisket is very rare to find around here. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it's sad, but we have a uh, white barbecue sauce, which a lot of places don't have. Um, white barbecue sauce? Yeah, it's like a it's a mayonnaise based uh, barbecue what? sauce. Yeah, it's it's primarily used on chicken. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So See, it's it's a little different. Learning something new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We, you know, we're we are as varied as our barbecues. <laughs> yes, yes. The South is as varied as our barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I'm going to touch on that in a different aspect here in a minute. But first, okay. how about you tell us a little bit about your your books? You have a trilogy. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be six. The fourth one's oh, okay. about to come out. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, so three are out so far. Uh, so it incorporates a lot of folklore and mythology from all over the world. And it's a dark fantasy. So it kind of borders on on horror. It's it's, it's kind of creepy. Um, but it does mostly take place uh, in like the North Georgia and like Atlanta area. Um, in fact, the first book entirely takes place there but as the series progresses um it does kind of start to branch off and you'll start having stuff take place in other parts of the country and the world because ultimately it's like a, a global concept of what's going on with all of the everything <laughs> yeah yeah very so. cool yeah why uh why did you choose uh that area is it because you going to college in atlanta or yeah, I mean, cool. Because like Atlanta, we're like, was only two hours south of where I grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. And so like that whole area, yeah, it was just very familiar to me. Um, and so it's, you know, kind of like the whole write what you know. And it's like, okay, well, I know this area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. No, no, Atlanta's, Atlanta's great. And uh, I was actually, uh, I was just in Georgia this weekend for the Renaissance Fair. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I get to Atlanta fairly regularly and it really is a such a central hub oh, for yeah. and, i mean yeah and i think and that's honestly that's probably another part of why i said it there because um like i said it, it's the story ultimately is kind of on a big global scale and atlanta is like you said it is a very big hub it is very going back to being diverse it's very diverse um and it's it's just a, a big old mesh of things and i think that was it's a good cross like crossroads to be able to set something that is like on a global scale to have a kind of yeah focused right there instead yeah, of no. you know new york new york everybody always does new york right so. right <laughs> uh if i feel like new york chicago and la if you're outside the u.s i feel yeah. like that's really the bulk of what you get a, get a taste of but yeah um and even like with southern like the kind of the more big name Southern fantasy. So much of it's, you know, new Orleans based. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to do dark fantasy and stuff, people always put it in new Orleans. That's right. Yeah. But there's, there's really so many other rich traditions that, so I, I really, I really like it when people, you know, really kind of dive in on, on other areas like that. Um, so wh where did the, the idea for this series kind of 
did, were there events in your own life that kind of you ended up working into this or was it just kind of holy fiction? Uh, What was the kind of the genesis of this series? Well, the idea to write the series um, mostly just came about because I really like folklore and Mm. a lot of stuff that I read uh, fiction wise would like kind of butcher it so much that it would hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> not to be mean because I do think like we all take um, artistic liberties and stuff and even I do but um, I really wanted to do something that incorporated my love of folklore and mythology and try um, as much as I could to 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 uh, be true to the original lores and the original stories um, that are used uh, so that was that was what inspired it but uh, as for incorporating stuff from my life into it oh yeah absolutely um, there's uh a a house that basically like there's a the the thing she is is called a striga but it's it's kind of like a a, an eastern european witch type of concept um and so she the house that she lives in in north georgia um is very much inspired by uh the the tiny little white house in the middle of the woods that my sister lived in when she was going to college down in south georgia actually okay very (laughs) Um, cool and uh, like the other other things that even though they're fictional and don't actually exist in real life, they are all based on like places that I've I've been um, or experienced and stuff. They're in like the Atlanta area, um, but as far as like personal experience, there was a scene that was in an early edition, but it actually is no longer in it. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically pulled right from my life growing up. Um, in uh, North Carolina, because I was always kind of a, a weird kid, and I preach, um, preach. <laughs> <laughs> so I would even like in elementary and middle school and stuff. I wore things like uh, like onks and peace signs and stuff like that. And yeah. um, where we moved to is super conservative and not familiar with those symbols, and thought they were satanic. Yeah, and yeah, and so I was like told from like the age of 10 by my my peers there that i i was uh gonna go to hell because of this oh (laughs) no i i can i can relate to that so well like actually when i was looking at your website i saw like uh one of your main characters is kind of like you know a high school goth kid yes and that was me that was me i was i was a i was a goth kid in a very very rural alabama Oh, um, yeah. and I was the only kid in my grade and possibly the school that believed in evolution. And I was told repeatedly that I was going to hell. Same. Um, oh my gosh. I had yeah. wanted to be a paleontologist. So of course I believed in evolution and right? like, yeah. And all my, my classmates were like, no, no, that's, that's the devils. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. No, I had a substitute teacher, uh, get into an art, like substitute teacher now argue me oh, no. and, you know, tell me that I was going to hell because I believed in evolution. It was crazy. Um, <gasps> Yeah. Now, thankfully, a lot of the a lot of my peers, when they got to college, they they a couple of them came back and like, well, okay, I think you were, you know, you were right, but but then they always couch it with, you just didn't say it right. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, but yeah, no, I, I was actually very fortunate though. Like uh, my high school experience of being a goth kid in the South was very different from I feel like a, a lot of goth kids in the South. We were somewhat bizarrely embraced um oh, wow meet me, me and my trench coat wearing uh buddies you know uh, there was five of us and our graduating class was 44 and five of us were goth kids 
And uh, we were the freak group. We were called the freaks. And but like no one bullied us. No one made fun of us. You know, we were uh-huh. everyone. Everyone was kind of. Yeah, I mean, I was going to hell because of evolution, but everything else was, you know, kind of live and let live. You know, we were we were acknowledged as being weird, but like not not attacked for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, a, I re- I'm a little jealous because like my, my class was also like for the entire county. Um, we all went to the same school and we had less than a hundred people, um, in my, my graduating class. Uh, and, um, and I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was a gothy kid, but I was like called Satan. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. It was much different. Oh yeah. No, I got, uh, me and, uh, one of the girls in our clique got most school spirit. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was (laughs) probably a, a very unique experience, but, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I did get, I still did get uh, voted uh, one of the senior superlatives. I got voted most talented, so. Nice, there nice. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. So, uh, so even though they were creeped out by me, they were still like, hey, yeah, but you're like in plays and you like draw and stuff. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, so you said you draw. Um, yeah. Do you, did you do the art that's on your website yeah or the, for the characters okay. yeah I did yeah that. that's very, okay that was i was going to ask you like who did you hire to do that because that was really well done but now i see that you oh, did it that's awesome thank you yeah no that's really well done that i i like i i feel like how i'm going to know that i have like how i'm judging myself on if i've made it as a writer is if someone does like fan art of my stuff uh, <laughs> so. i got a little fan art Somebody hey. did do a fan art once for me. That's and awesome. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Um, yeah. But oh, but thank you though for reminding me. And thank you, first of all, thank you for the compliment. But then also reminding me now that I've got models for each of those characters, I can put the actual models up instead of my drawing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, no, I mean the art, yeah. the art was really good. So I mean, oh, thank you. Don't, definitely don't have to change it because it, it it painted <laughs> painted a real picture, pun intended. Um, <laughs> Uh, so do you, of your characters, uh, are there any that you like particularly identify with of them? Um, well, I think so the, of the, the core four that you, you saw the, the yeah. my main characters, I do like put a little bit of myself in it. So Lucy obviously is the goth that I was, right. um, yeah, <laughs> she's got my goth. Um, uh, Jim has like my my love of art because he's the artist uh yeah. ava is the actress so she has my my acting stuff and gunta is probably maybe i guess the one i most emotionally connect with because i gave him my anxiety and i gave him, Very nice. um, i gave him like a lot of the 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 and this kind of ties in with what we we're talking about and the the feeling like uh being like an outsider or being treated differently in such a in such a uh, uh environment um and like and uh so m- growing up in that uh that area besides just being goth i was also queer but i had to kind of hide that out of fear because those communities don't really oh. like oh 100 yeah and yeah so gyunta has a lot of that but in regards to uh his supernatural nature um and he uh, kind of internalizes a lot since like his on his father's side the the thing that he was um uh historically uh in Europe was like hunted down and tortured and executed and stuff mm. back before everything became a secret so to Gunther that kind of makes him think 
that he's something monstrous or that at least humans will perceive him as being monstrous or horrible and that will be in danger if they ever find out yeah. um, what he what he is. So so I put a lot of my personal feelings yeah. growing up into him and into his own anxiety and his social anxiety. I'm yeah. so sorry, Gunta. So- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's but, so yeah. I, when I when I was reading kind of the summaries of your books, like I, I saw that you know a lot uh, you know a lot of the struggle is like should you know the creatures of the night be out in the open or not, and so you were kind of using that as like an analogy for coming out. Yeah, in in a way, in a way. yeah, in a way, yeah. and uh, okay, no, that's so, awesome. <laughs> at least, at least for him, but um, ultimately, I do think like. Um, I, I, I feel like a lot of my experience growing up in that culture is is part of what colors the way that um, that some of the, the the themes and stuff play out in the way that some of the characters interact within those themes and yeah. and partially is because of stuff like that and 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 the feeling of of being othered and yeah. being yeah and stuff but then I I feel not to completely diss on on the southern culture and that kind of thing <laughs> there's i think on the plus side because i was also like the the good stuff that i like about being southern and southern culture is the um like not just inherent politeness and stuff but also feeling like if there is a way to help somebody like that's in your capacity to do so you should and um so yeah. So three of the the core four, since they were born and raised in the South, uh, Gunta, Eva, and Lucy, they all have kind of that reflexive um, reasoning to things. Like whenever there's the bad thing, if they if they if they have it within their power to protect people from that bad thing, to stop it and stuff, that's they want to and stuff. Whereas yeah. Jim, he wasn't raised in that culture, so he doesn't have that same. That same uh, reflex. Yeah, the same reflex, that same yeah. auto response. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree with that. And like, that's one thing is um, I really want to showcase that the South is not a not a monolith, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, the South is in the news a lot here lately because of, like, the, the don't say gay bill in Florida and, you know, uh, Alabama, where I'm at, just passed uh, some anti-trans bills and things like that. And it's so easy, I feel like, for outsiders to just look at that, you know, kind of, you know, curse the South. But, I mean, there's lots of us here that we are diametrically opposed to that, whether we are a member of that community or just an ally of that community, you know, we. Yeah. And so it's it's I'm glad you're on here and can kind of speak to that a little bit that it it it's not black and white, you know, like I. I'm oh, sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was going to say, like, we the the uh, the LGBTQ plus community here in where I'm at isn't that large, but it's very, very welcoming. You know, uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, it catches more than its fair share of flack. Uh, Montgomery just tried to pass a non discrimination bill, and it got voted down. You know, it's. It was 2021, I think, when that happened. You know, in 2021, an anti-discrimination bill failed to pass. You know, but yeah. they—they're always every every member of that community I've ever run into has always just been so welcoming and so nice and so helpful. And I know that 
for all the pushback they get, I know that they do see that there are a, there's a sizable portion of the community that does you know consider themselves allies. So it's it's definitely not a black and white issue. Right, definitely. And like, um, I'm I'm reminded of there was uh, like a social experiment, like videos of social experiments that somebody tried like years ago, where I think it was like in Texas or somewhere, um, they filmed like a scene in a restaurant with uh, like they staged it just to see how the patrons would react and stuff where uh, it was like a same sex couple getting discriminated against by like uh, one of the wait staff and mm-hmm. people would actually come and step in and stuff like they thought, oh, this is going to be such, you know, a really, you know, bigoted uh, type of area. They're not going to want to help the same sex couple. But they did. They did because right. they saw that what the wait staff was doing was wrong. It was rude. It goes against Southern hospitality and values. Yeah. <laughs> And and uh, but conversely, whenever they did the same thing, like in New York City, nobody said anything. Yeah. Everyone just has a different mentality of just kind of keep to yourself and don't you know, that's their business. It's not your business. You don't need to get involved kind of thing. Yeah. And it makes me kind of wonder is, you know, the South is still so very rural and it is, you know, so many, especially young people are moving to the cities. And it it just kind of makes me wonder if, you know, small towns. There is very much more of a, you know, everyone's business is everyone's business kind of for, for good or ill. Yeah. And, you know, longtime inhabitants of cities, I think you kind of get that beaten out of you, you know? (laughs) And so it makes me, it makes me think that just because of how rural the South is, I mean, even if you live in the city, odds are your parents or your grandparents didn't, you know, and Mm -hmm. someone involved in raising you somewhere along the line um, here in the South was probably pretty uh we all probably had that aunt or uncle that you know stayed on the phone gossiping <laughs> <laughs> oh my mom still does that <laughs> oh yeah no I, I i've realized uh that i'm i'm my generation's gossip of the family like i can't help myself it's just i gotta know everything i just gotta know i gotta know what's happening um <laughs> uh, but so so to kind of get back to your books um oh, yes yeah, <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I want definitely want to showcase uh, showcase what what you've got. So something that you said when I talked to you leading up to this really interests me. So my background, I have a, a bachelor's degree in anthropology, and uh, so I think you said it was your second book uh, works in a lot of like Cherokee mythology. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Actually, it works in uh, several different uh, Native American things, but there's a a, a- a character that becomes very important and uh, a reoccurring character um, who is the Uktena from Cherokee, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, the a horned serpent. And uh, uh, while many different um, tribes have different variations on the horned serpent, and he's not usually that nice of a thing, it's usually kind yeah. of a, yeah. <laughs> bad oh, thing. Well, um, <laughs> I, I actually, uh, when I was, I wrote a paper uh, on comparing the uh, horned serpent to uh, the dragons of the European tradition. Oh. So, yeah, I had a, one of my professors literally wrote the book on Creek mythology. So it was kind oh. of looking at it from the Creek perspective. So, yeah, no, I, so I, I know what you're talking about. I realize no one else listening to this is probably going to know what you're talking about. So <laughs> glad you explained, um, but yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they want, I do actually do mythic Monday, little video things of uh, stuff. And I have the horn serpent episode that talks about some of the different horn serpents from different um, tribes, but, uh, but yeah, cool. so, 
so Uktena, um, he 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 becomes like I said a, a reoccurring character. He's very important, um, and he's not he's not that bad of a guy. I honestly, when I was doing research on the Horned Serpents, I'm like they get a lot of flack. They're not that bad. Yeah. Um, but oh, I just locked my mic. Um, but oh, no worries. Well, uh, no, that that was kind of when I was comparing contrasting them to yeah. you know European dragons. Like European dragons are much more cut and dry evil. Yeah, and that was kind of like the main one of the main differences is you know the horn serpent is is not cut and dried evil you know it's it's much less it's there's a lot more shades of gray there oh yeah so. and it and it does depend on on tribe but and but the uktena is generally not thought of as a good thing and it's kind of like uh if you if you ever see one you're probably gonna die um so i actually like so that's an element like um yeah. he he only takes the form in my books um that we see as the human form and he mm -hmm. whenever one of the characters tries to look at him and his true form and stuff it's kind of like a nope 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 you don't do that because that's you're gonna die yeah. it's usually a bad omen kind of thing yeah. um but uh, i also have um in in that um in that book i also uh my brain just died i reference, <laughs> I reference um um a couple others but like one was also spearfinger going back to cherokee stuff because like i told you uh leading leading up to this interview that the cherokee was uh very influential um where i grew up in north carolina because that was cherokee territory and yeah. and so in in school we were we were told Cher uh, cherokee legends and we were told history of cherokee and we you know took field trips to the the cherokee reservation and to the museums and stuff yeah um, i've i've actually uh visited to the uh, uh oh, yeah? to the yeah to the reservation there when i was uh like 10 or 12 so awesome <laughs> so yeah so yeah so that was that's that's around where i i grew up then um uh, but yeah, so, so Spearfinger also like uh, she she's someone who also kind of worked her way into um, like kind of the 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 spooky stories in that area exterior even to like Cherokee. But um, she's sort of like a boogeyman figure that um, can uh, shapeshift into like a rock, but she also yeah. can just take the form of like a, a sweet old lady or like even your grandma and she like lures little kids to her and then she like cuts out their livers with her big spear <laughs> finger and <laughs> yeah um and she usually stinks really bad and if you see a rock that's like covered in flies that's probably spear finger okay so. yeah no i love that <laughs> I, I i always like my urban fantasy tinged with horror you know um i, I like the edge so oh well yeah mine people get eaten in every book of mine so love it love it love it um <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's kind of briefly dive into your your writing process. Uh, sure. Are you more of a plotter, more of a pantser? Um, I am a plotter. I am okay. a plotter to to an embarrassing degree. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. No. Like I, part of this is there's no wrong answers. You know, everyone's <laughs> like I'm. I'm like a ten percent plotter, ninety percent pantser. Um, right. So. Uh, yeah, I, I tried going your way and it just didn't work for me. I, I went, I did the whole, if I spend a hundred percent of my time plotting, I never, <laughs> I, I just never know when to stop. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can understand that it does get tedious. Yeah. Like um, actually today um, I started plotting for a completely 
not related book. And I was yeah. like really excited at first because I was like, okay, this is one I'm not going to have to like spend as much time on plotting and I'm not going to have to research as much. And then I was like, oh crap, but it's a fantasy world where I have to develop my entire like yeah. the countries and like yeah. the, the, you know, how people are named. And I'm like, oh, oh no. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, 100%. That's, that's part of why I've gotten more <laughs> urban fantasy novels out than anything else. Cause just, it, oh, it's so much harder to just build, build a world from scratch. <laughs> right? like, why yeah. did I think this was going to be easier? It's not, it's not easier. Yeah. Uh, do you listen to, so my other degree, uh, useless degrees in music industry. So one thing that I always like to know, do you listen to music when you write? I do. Um, uh, I like to listen to like dark, creepy music playlists, mm. like mm-hmm. um, on Tidal, because uh, I write, you know, dark, dark fantasy. And yeah. uh, so like, uh, there's actually, I think my current favorite playlist to listen to on Tidal is like one that I think is a bunch of different creepy music from movies. So it'll have like, stuff from like the the halloween movies and and psycho and stuff (laughs) yeah no i love that i love that i find that they it tends to come down into two camps one who they just want like ambient fit the fit the theme kind of stuff yeah and then uh there's others that they listen to the same thing every time uh and that (laughs) i'm kind of in that camp like i always listen to the same band every every time i every time i write pretty much um, oh no, I love I love themes. I, I definitely will listen yeah. to different thematic play. Like if I'm like, oh, I've got to try to think of a big epic battle scene, so I'll listen to big epic battle music. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I get that. Oh no, one hundred percent. Um, who is your author hero? Uh, who, what's an author you really kind of look up to out there? So I I would actually say it's probably Rick Riordan. Um, okay, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so because uh, I was because uh, again going back to to the the inspiration of why I wanted to write the series because I wanted things, you know, being true to what they are, and, and I I I love his stuff because it's very obvious that he he took the time to really research the things and to to really put an effort to try to be as um, uh, accurate as possible in his yeah. stuff. And it's it's wonderful. I was I was like, this is fantastic. I know this is for like kids, but this is like the best like use of Greek mythology I've seen in yeah. any modern media. <laughs> yeah. So no. yeah. Well, um, it, yeah. No, I can relate. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast is because uh, authors who don't who've never lived in the South never write it correctly. You know. Yeah. So, um, but having someone who takes the time to do that, obviously, no one has lived Greek mythology. Um, <laughs> It's alive, but um, but someone who takes the time to really do the research, you know, it 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 comes through so much and it pays so many dividends. So very cool. I, we're actually, uh, I think our kiddo is uh, uh, that's uh, one of the series that she's been reading. Um, oh, yeah. So she's reading that and the uh, the the Warriors books about the the cats. So those are kind of what she's what she's working on these days. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to touch on before we kind of say where we can get your stuff. Uh, I see that you go to Dragon Con. I do. Uh, I am a huge Dragon Con fan. Uh, I've been going for <laughs> many years now. Um, and I just, I just wanted to take this opportunity that uh, anyone who's never been to a con, 
it can be very overwhelming. Dragon Con is a really big con, oh, but yeah. it is such a welcoming place. Um, yes. And I, I strongly encourage anyone who can uh, afford a hotel room <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you really need to go sometime. Uh, it, it's one of the best geek nerd experiences that you'll, you'll ever have. It's literally my favorite weekend of the year, every year, uh, hands down. So, uh, Oh, I forgot. I was going to ask, uh, who, uh, who's an author that we need to be checking out that we aren't who's someone uh, that you, that you're, you're liking right now. Uh, so, uh, a buddy of mine, FT Lukens. Um, mm-hmm. so they're actually, they live near, uh, Asheville. Okay. Uh, North Carolina. So also Southern. Um, yeah. uh, but they, they write uh, YA stuff. Uh, they have um, a duology that won like a ton of awards that incorporates a lot of um, uh, not folklore, but I mean, it does have folklore, but what's that other thing? Crypto, crypt, crypt, cryptids? Cryptids? Cryptids. Yeah. Oh, I love cryptids. cryptids. Um, so uh, yeah. So uh, that's, oh, shoot. They're gonna they're gonna kick me if I forget the name because it's like a long name uh, well, hey, for that for that book. But yeah. they they have well, it'll be it'll of, be in the, we'll put it in the notes of the yeah. of the episode. Um, but they they write a whole lots of other books. Uh, the a book that just came out um, is probably my favorite of theirs is um, so this is ever after. And so while it's not southern at all because it's it's definitely like kind of a D and D fantasy setting and stuff, but it's uh-huh. it's hilarious and wonderful. It's basically what happens after the end like after the group already got to the dark lord and defeated him that's like on the first page and so then what happens yeah (laughs) oh i love that yeah 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 we'll definitely put them in the show notes and also in the show notes we will have uh, where we can find you and your books but how about you uh uh list it out for us so uh, yeah, so you can uh, go to uh, thehollowsun.com, like a sun that's hollowed out, like the sun in the sky that's hollowed out.com. Um, and that has uh, links to where you can buy it on like uh, Amazon and I think Barnes and Noble. And mm-hmm. uh, it also has like a sneak peek where it's got like the uh, prologue in the first two chapters of the first book. Very cool. DL, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. This was awesome. Uh, loved having you on. Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe uh, get a few more episodes under the belt. Have you back on when you get a uh, get that fourth book out? Oh, good. Hope I'm hoping that gets out this year before Dragon Con. Actually, <laughs> oh yeah. So. Well, may- maybe maybe I'll run into you there and uh, pick up a copy. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, but thank you. Yeah, this is super fun, and I'm g- I'm gonna have to look out for white barbecue sauce yeah do it do it (laughs) all right well uh thanks for being here and uh we'll talk to y'all later thank you for taking the time to check out another exciting episode of southern fried fantasy if you would you know the drill give us a like subscribe follow all that jazz we'll appreciate you Until next time, y'all. This podcast is part of the Tales by Bob Network. 
to see all our great shows, go to tellsbybob.com.